Hi, I'm Kate. And I'm Mandy. And this is Love Sober. The podcast for the sober and sober curious. Hi and welcome back to Love Sober, the podcast for the sober and sober curious. And today it's uh, Mandy and I and we're going to have a chat about um, the subject of people pleasing. Um, Yeah, our experiences of it, where we feel it came from, um, how we might be recovering people pleasers to to look after our sobriety if we have this kind of tendency. Um, But before we do that, we're going to have our check-in. So hi, Mandy, how are you doing? I'm tipped up as <laughs> tipped up in the morning. Um, I'm a bit tired. I am a bit tired. Yeah, we're both a bit tired today, aren't we? Um, let's start on a high. Um, I yeah, I'm I'm really, really, really on a scale of tired and, and not tired. I'm high on the tired <laughs> side of things. Um, but I was brave this morning. I've had a um, I've had a blood test to do since I looked at the date of the uh, prescription um, since September last year. Um, so I had a blood test this morning and I didn't faint. So that mm. is good. But That's I am um, glories to, to, to France. Um, the nurse came to the house and I lay on the sofa while she did it um, because the yeah the clinical side of things tends to make it worse basically so um amazing yeah so at least it's done now so we'll see we'll see what they say about mm. the old tired tired mctiredness mm. um from tired sheer which is uh that's, yeah. that's like that kind of eating the frog thing isn't it of like you know what that reminded me of was me checking my national insurance contributions and how much I've been putting that off and I did that today I had I went there I had a look I've grown up there's a big girl pants moments yeah I have to say that I my husband called the nurse and got got her to come (laughs) but you know it's it's also knowing your limitations it's just like okay this is literally never going to happen unless someone helps me to you know mm. get the nurse here so um so yeah. yeah like literally I was like can you call the nurse and then it was done like the next day mm. so yeah. so well done well done Good. um on being on your adulting I know I know it's it's rare that there's an adulting moment <laughs> I try not to it's not my happy place is it yeah. we once said that my happy place is free child and it's like yeah. <laughs> but anyway was, and how yeah. are you doing mm, really tired <laughs> really tired well you know and I woke up at four this morning and I did a yoga nidra to get back to sleep and that didn't cut it and in the end, I did that the yoga nidra till five. And then I was like, right, that's fine. I can get up. It's five. You know, I used to do that all the time when the kids are small. So I can do that now. And uh, yeah, so. I know that's that's a sign of like age transition or whatever. When you think it's like fair <laughs> enough to, to wake up at five. It's like, oh, rather than go fine. to bed at five. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But I remember with with the kids, it was like, as long as I can make it past six o'clock, like, it's okay, you know. And now it's like, if I make it past five, (laughs) winning at life, I'll get up. Um, 
So yeah, people pleasing. It is something that I identify in uh, being in recovery from. Yeah, certainly. Um, and something that definitely was kind of a, a key learning, really, I suppose, around my behaviour and and sobriety mm. and why I kept drinking. Um, you know, because I wanted to belong, mm. and I was scared of rejection and feared. Um, yeah, feared that. So a very deep-seated, long, 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 long uh, ago kind of narrative in my head that um, being me wasn't wasn't good enough, wasn't right enough, wasn't acceptable enough. Mm. Um, and so, and that was a danger, you know. Um, and so it was better to, yeah, go along with things really. And um, mm. yeah, and we were talking earlier about, you know, kind of the learning around trauma and, and the fact that, um, what is his name? Peter, Peter Levine. Peter no, Le- no, Pete, Pete Walker, which oh, is yeah. um, surviving to thriving complex PTSD. He mm was the person that coined well brought together the turn of forming which is fawning excuse me Mm, so you know we've always looked at trauma as you know this like flight fight fight, fight, freeze freeze. yeah and fawn um Mm. is is what was introduced through his work and has been recognized as a response you know to trauma which is essentially to um yeah people please Mm. and it's sometimes called appeasing isn't it as well in that in that world um which is almost this it's an easier word for me to to use sort of appeasing and that and the people Mm. definitely yeah I I resonate with that and I, I was actually watching something that Taryn Strong was doing about being a trauma-informed practitioner I just found myself on the she recovers site uh, coaches bit yesterday actually and she was talking about the you know our understandings of that because it's like with alcohol most of the studies were done on men because mm. they're coming out of war sort of war zones so they were done on, done on veterans and we didn't have much of an understanding of how it played out for women in yeah and you know so the kind of definition is and as you said earlier like this is super like everything's on a spectrum you know you might identify with some of this or none of it or or all of it you know and I I think we have a tendency which is a a, again part of this narrative to kind of gaslight ourselves and go oh that's not me Mm. um or no you know Mm. I'm not bad enough yeah Mm. um you know but take it take it whatever you want it to be but yeah so he said um fawn types seek safety by merging with the wishes needs and demands of others they act as if they unconsciously believe that the price of admission to any relationship is the forfeiture of all their needs rights preferences and boundaries um Mm. Fawn trauma response reverts to people pleasing to avoid conflict and re-establish a sense of safety Mm. Um, and well there's many parts of this but one of the questions out of the the article I was reading earlier was um, which I really like um, 
is to ask yourself the question, am I coming from a place of self-honor or self-betrayal? Mm. Which is a deep, deep question. Mm. Um, and really interesting around more on a surface level around drinking in the sense that we tend to really look after drinkers needs mm. yeah. <laughs> and self-sacrifice our own needs as people that don't want to drink to the point of certainly myself drinking when I didn't want to drink a lot mm. uh, purely because I wanted to appease um, mm. drinkers around my me um, yeah um, like yeah I mean I went to this first yoga session yesterday um, and then meeting people and she put me on the spot and was like oh, we'll do a round robin and what you do and I obviously overshared massively which is part of this as well isn't it it's mm. the other side mm-hmm. and I was like you know I'm a coach well-being coach I work a lot with you know um, addictions and also you know especially around alcohol and you know women and meh, 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 it's my journey and meh, 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 meh. Um, yeah and then I spent the whole rest of the evening just worrying if I'd made them feel bad about their own drinking (laughs) (laughs) rather than kind of yeah like honoring my kind of brilliant choice not to drink Mm. I was just like oh I hope I didn't I hope they don't feel judged like I hope they don't feel like I've you know made some sort of comment or you know literally and like was like typing out messages to the yoga teacher this morning going uh you know I really hope I didn't make anyone feel uncomfortable Mm. and then deleting them and going no maybe you should just leave it but yeah it's that conscious kind of constant looking after everyone's needs but actually yeah where's your needs in that yeah yeah you know and we hear it in the you know the the community it's like oh I'm going here and everyone will be drinking you know what what shall I do or I'm worried I'll drink because I don't want to you know make people uncomfortable and it's just like fuck man like what about like we can see this in retrospect now of course Mm. but I did this all the time but it's just like what about people respecting your choice not to drink and what about people looking after your needs to look after your mental health like where's that conversation in all this yeah and and I think that it's why I was thinking about this it generally rears its head for me when I want to be accepted Mm. when there's that element of so when I was in my musical theatre group and I got put on the spot and it was like actually I really cared about that I really want people to like me Mm. this time I'm like I don't care (laughs) so I pretend that I'm all like you know I'm all like I'm so empowered now and it's actually but no if you get me on in those circumstances when there's a slightly uneven footing or when I actually yeah maybe it's unfamiliar maybe I haven't the connections aren't close enough yet maybe I haven't had that conversation before you know that's one of those zones for me well yeah they well you were saying earlier weren't you that um when we're stressed or anxious you know we're likely to go into that adaptive behavior yeah that is isn't it that's the thing because we can be working on I guess you know one of we'll get onto that the sort of the recovery from being people pleaser and that kind of increased self-confidence and us finding our feet and solid ground and all the rest of it but essentially it is an adaptive response so we can be triggered 
into mm-hmm. it you know it's the same with like you know a drinking trigger it's like I can have a people pleasing fawning trigger you know and yeah. then you're you're in it um so definitely yeah that kind of response to stress and then I think the other the other side of that we were talking about weren't we about that having that self, sort of self-compassion because the other the next side of that is the shame that comes after you've people pleased as well you feel yeah. bad about it it's so similar isn't it it's like mm. you know oh god I'm just such a people pleaser and then we <laughs> such a like we just so need to cut ourselves some slack basically yeah and I think there is like everything has a a use doesn't it so there is times you know when it's useful to be adaptive and and be able to read a room and be able to you know be a bit of a chameleon or or whatever because you're not not always going to be in environments where you're absolutely matched with people um and I think that when you realize that you can do that you know I think that's what happened for me because as a kid there was so much noise of just like be quiet you know be quiet Amanda stop doing so much stop saying that like why like constantly very egotistical but just like constantly (laughs) like why don't why you know why don't people like me enough like what what am I doing wrong like how can I like better myself to be you know better presented to the world and and be liked more and to be accepted more and so constantly kind of trying to yeah change ironically then get pissed and you know shout at everyone or Mm. (laughs) cause arguments and and all of the things that um, I was trying not to do um but you yeah you learn that it's this it's you survive with it right Mm. so there's a there's there's parts of it that work it's like yeah I can you can put me anywhere in the world and I'll I'll pretty much be able to navigate my way around Mm. I mean it is it is like a superpower if it's conscious and if it's used and that's why I think that first going back to that first quote that you read, read that question is this coming from a place of honor or is this coming from a place of whatever it was betrayal betrayal so actually you know there's a there is that protective element to it and I think it is it is a superpower what when wielded Mm. from a place of power Mm. um and choice I guess it's that unconscious thing and feeling like we haven't got any choice that we have to do that in order to fit in um as a default Mm. and as a habitual sort of thing and I do think there's a a kind of that's why I was thinking about that kind of gender piece to it and how mean we can be if we're people pleasers right because you know like I think it was in the playing big in Tara Moore's book Mm. she was saying about there is this tendency for women a predisposition to play small, to fit in, to appease. It's, there's a genetic predisposition because historically our lives dependent on it. And, you know, who knows with epigenics, maybe we've just, you know, we've got genetically, we mm. carry that blueprint no matter what. And also, so that what that is evolutionary and it is a, it is a superpower. Yeah. It's just not if we only have that in the toolkit. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, obviously, so, what she was referring to then was you know in terms of 
yeah that we had no power before yeah. you know we had no right of owning our own home we had no right to our own money yeah. um you know if you were yeah seen as outspoken you wouldn't marry well I mean you can see it with Bridgeton can't you I'm watching yeah. the second series at the moment yeah, you know yeah, the way yeah. that they speak and the way that they have to present is all Yeticate. about survival right yeah, it's yeah, about yeah. um and what yeah Tara more rightly sort of says now is we're not living in that world mm. like it's not perfect by any means and it's very dependent on your you know cultural upbringing mm. and where you where you're born in the world but certainly we have a lot more ability to be mm. you know autonomous and and have self-leadership now um that we can step out of those kind of predisposed mm. pe- sort of appeasing keeping ourselves small mm. roles and I think something that I found difficult throughout my whole life is because everything with you know am I am I not neurodiverse who will know we will find out one day <laughs> there'll Watch be a big space yeah. no there's just going to be such a big unveiling isn't there <laughs> yeah us with our like certificates done. of neurodiversity <laughs> yeah we actually are what a surprise yeah. um but because and it's just that it was a quite a, an epic little example there that I just did <laughs> of my own special self. Um, but because I was so extreme in my emotions as a kid, like so sensitive, so kind of feeling happy, sad, angry, mm. like that, I didn't know what to do with any of it. So mm. yeah, so then you try to make yourself smaller to fit don't you to fit in a thing because I and then I went through I mean I went through a period where I had so much anger Mm. like and I've had periods like so in my teens you know and alcohol was I mean I self-moderated not to drink white wine when I was like 15 because it made me so angry that I'd Mm. start fights with people um you know not the honor of my mates you know I was constantly kind of like picking fights with other girls and and then I had a real period of anger in my in my 30s when I was very unwell with my mental health and now like I don't ever I very rarely even enter into any kind of argument or discussion so it's almost like that thing of like extremes again you know it's Mm. like well Mm. when is it okay because you were saying quite often now you just like literally just leave the room it's just like this is too much like I'm leaving the room yeah and that's that's come from a place of anyway yeah you carry on yeah no um but for me one of the questions now in terms of this like playing big or being seen or Mm. you know all of these questions we're sort of having now of like what how do we want to go forward into the world and Mm you know be the the best version of myself as a woman in the world Mm. part of that for me is using my voice right is actually having an opinion and actually not taking you know comments that I hear Mm. not people pleasing when it's inappropriate you know not having my boundaries slashed all Mm. of those things but at the same time it's having that balance so yeah, it's just an interesting point for mm. me at the moment where it's just like I'm not happy silencing myself mm. 
and I'm not happy being being like Aggie Mandy that she was when she was 15 <laughs> you know surely there's, there's like gotta find that kind of adult um, middle ground some that adult activist but, voice I guess but yeah so it's, it sort of makes makes me think of what I do and I think it's that reactive reactive like I often say don't know we were talking about impulsivity earlier on and I was talking mm. about how imp- how naturally impulse impulsive extremely impulsive and how much I work to control that and have Mm. found ways in my adult life to control it Um, and again ironically when whilst using alcohol that would be the floodgates the 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 extreme control I had on my life yeah Um, and then drinking then that would take the pressure off you know because I'm working constantly against my impulsivity or whatever Mm. Um, and then now, obviously, I've completely forgotten what I was going to say. Oh, yeah. And that sort of what is the adult space? And for me, that often comes down to managing the state mm. and doing yoga. <laughs> the yeah. yoga ball. My, I haven't had my yoga ball moment yet today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the podcast. But that, um, yeah, managing the stress response, the power of the pause. Mm. And then yeah being able yeah no I think that's what it is is that reactivity Mm. that's where I'm where the work is I suppose isn't it in in finding your voice because yeah it's not about shouting back Mm. sometimes it is but it's 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 about taking a step back and then coming back with like some badass very well Mm. constructed well formed yeah you know voice which can be held uh, you know that's interesting I was just thinking of how much yeah anyway deep this isn't therapy (laughs) 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 I'll muse upon that on my own the um, other thing that I was I was thinking about in terms of the people pleasing and the and the alcohol piece is that this is again about boundaries isn't it and knowing where our edges are and feeling comfortable to advocate for our for our edges and finding appropriate ways of communicating our edges and uh for our needs and so again so many people with alcohol you know who have alcohol use disorders struggle with that it was for me and I see it all the time is that way of of blurring over those boundaries because to have a boundary is essentially Mm. uncomfortable to say no to someone to feel that edge was difficult for me so it went hand in hand the people pleasing and the alcohol use was a boundary piece and it it was there so that I didn't feel uncomfortable I guess yeah well there's part of that isn't it it's like you can't beat them join them I certainly Mm. did that in the sense of like I don't know any other way through this situation other than getting down to their level whereas now you know I can be like yeah like where do I exist in this and that has been a really evolving conversation like between my husband and I you know when you spend time together as a couple it's Mm. like are you yeah it's not about like yeah it would be about me going oh I can't possibly make this relationship work this is the addictive voice obviously but Mm. I can't possibly make this relationship work if I'm not drinking because how are we ever going to like spend that time together Mm. and actually it's like well 
what about it there being adaptive to yeah exactly to yeah. to my needs as well you know so now there yeah. is very much a conversation of what what's okay for me mm. in that situation and that's been a real long kind of shift but it's like no it's not okay if we're like going out for dinner or going away for a weekend just the two of us it's not okay for personally in my for my boundaries around my safety and my enjoyment and all of those things for my partner to be pissed yeah. it's just like it's not it's not fun you know mm-hmm. it's just like yeah okay have a beer or a glass of wine with dinner but that's otherwise there's no connection there so mm. and a lot of people they yeah will sacrifice their own needs mm. um yeah and there's, there's the other the other part of that um for me was the um if i'm unhappy something's bothering me i wouldn't say it mm. and then it would build up and up and then come out when i was pissed yeah so I used to always save up all my resentments for a bottle of wine down and then have horrible, a horrible, heated argument and really indulgent and then loads of shame afterwards and then probably couldn't remember the salient point that I was making anyway. Yeah. And so that, that, I think that comes on. No, I was just going to say, and so, you know, one of the, the gifts of sobriety, but that was hard to learn was that, ah, okay, I can't ignore that and that is a boundary and that is an uncomfortable feeling and that is an edge and oh dear I'm actually going to have to communicate that and oh actually I feel better because actually we've had a really grounded conversation we've heard we've done it skillfully and therefore the boundary has been negotiating so it's almost like it was like becoming alcohol free was you know boundary 101 lessons Mm-mm. which fed directly into that people pleasing thing because then I I, I learned just gently with you know with people with my partner generally my husband that it is okay to set boundaries if you're doing it in a calm and respectful way with each other yeah it, it can be it can have more play it can be a bit more fluid some things aren't <laughs> some things are non-negotiables right but <laughs> um, yeah and so it was a skill that was given to me I think and I've been able to develop because of being alcohol free. So by stopping drinking, it has, but as a byproduct, had a very positive impact on my people pleasing. Yeah. Yeah, same. And I think, but I think, you know, also in terms of that sort of self-compassion and understanding piece, Mm. you know, certainly for me, all of it boils down to a fear of being rejected yeah you know so it's like not saying my boundaries going along with things not you know doing things that I don't want to all of those things Mm. was because I was scared that if I use my voice then people would leave me you Mm. know and I'd be I'd be alone um and I mean there's two learnings I suppose as an adult for me that's been very much a work in progress in all my relationships you know it's that kind of a do people want me to be doing this but who says they want me to be doing this behavior in the first place you know and who's saying who's saying that they will reject you and that's about building really sort of solid 
trustful relationships in your life you know and that can be quite hard you know um but you know yeah as you say if you can have calm skillful conversations about what you need and what's important to you people that love you they don't leave Mm. um Mm. which is a relief (laughs) 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 um but yeah, I mean, this is a very mess. Or this whole subject is very messy for me. I'm still yeah. definitely a work in progress with it. Mm-hmm. I've got written up on my wall here. Stop compromising your feelings to protect others because you fear they will reject you. Mm. Who says they need protecting and who says they will reject you? Mm. And if they do, were they worthy of you? And that's like something I have to look at on a regular basis and go, oh, mm. like, yeah. okay, man, don't, you know. Mm. So, yeah, just to say that we feel you. This one's difficult. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. I mean, well, again, if it's anything to do with that sort of the boundaries and that relational stuff, it's kind of central to our experience of, as human beings, isn't it? It's quite, it's quite, it's quite foundational and it's quite, it is quite profound because it's like, well, and it goes into that how... how who am I? How how do I be in the world? And how do I be with other people? And how do I be with me with other people? It's like, yeah. Oh my god. Well, okay. If we all knew how to do that, then we that'd be it, wouldn't it? Be like, right, job done. It's like <laughs> it feels like it's a constant flux as we, you know, we grow, we develop, we have different people come into it. You know, it just it just feels like one of those yeah. big life lessons that we that we have to learn yeah yeah I mean it's learning with and then yeah we again kids, it feeds right? then we have kids and we'll I know well I was just thinking about that you know because it it feeds into that that whole thing of you know of perfectionism in yeah. motherhood and you know like I mean one of the reasons this classic sort of example the reason why I'm so tired mm. you know is because for, for the first time in two years I actually got up the courage to go to a yoga class which finished at nine o'clock mm-hmm. of course you know I'm not prepared or whatever my son's off sick my daughter's there so I, oh, I organized dinner for them so they had eaten mm-hmm. by the time I got back at like nine mm-hmm. but my daughter had been you know waiting to watch the Grammy Awards so I hadn't watched anything on social media hadn't looked at anything all day because she wanted to watch it together you know Mm. so you walk in at nine o'clock and like now you have to find it sorry through the internet some way um and (laughs) and then watch it you know and so we went to bed at like half 11 on a school night because I didn't want to disappoint I couldn't sit with her disappointment Mm. Um, which sometimes is fine yeah um, and sometimes it's not and certainly now I can weigh up and go okay I'll take that one yeah um, but at the, tr- at the massively my whole burnout situation was all the time just because I was meeting everybody else's needs mm. and completely run ragged because of it because I didn't want to let anyone down on anything yeah God, this has been like the Mandy therapy show today. 
Apology, everybody. <laughs> no. Not a good episode, but I don't remember Kate saying very much. Well, I was, you know, I, I was just thinking about, you know, my experiences of growing up and being a teenager and just how, yeah, I mean, it was just survival and I was bottom of the pack, you know, and got very ill myself. So, you know, it is definitely part part of the story and part of the story for, like you say, you know, that that's the spectrum of it really. And I, I just think it's really useful to, to know that, you know, you're not alone with it, that there are reasons for it, and there are things that we can do about it. And I think, so I think it's a great conversation to have and to just to keep having that little bit of awareness around, you know? Mm-mm. That, yeah, and just that it is, it takes practice and it is yeah. uncomfortable, but, mm-hmm. you know, you cannot control other people's <clears throat> opinions of you. You know, you no. just can't. So it's like, you might say no to something and someone will be totally fine about it Mm. or you might say no and they might you know never speak to you again but it's like none of there's nothing you can control about that you know you just got to look after look after yourself you know and yeah honor yourself and what you need um yeah and I'd say like nine times out of ten people respect you for it yeah I, I do as well and I also think that that's the takeaway for me I think is that trying not to be reactive you know mm. that that overall kind of management that self-management that kind of calming you know taking the breaks during the day looking after just our nervous system so that we're kind of not triggered into fight flight because that's when all of those unhelpful things happen And also, you know, for people that you really care about, just have a think about what you want to say. Because we do a lot of assuming, don't we? We assume that people, because they know us, they 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 know and they and they understand. And maybe they just haven't been thinking about it. And so, you know, to carve out that space to say, look, can we have a chat about such and such? This is what's coming up for me around this. And I'd really you know, this is this is how I, you know really like this to go this is my this is what I need out of it you know and and having those skillful conversations gives everyone a chance to then assimilate the the conversation the information get that on board and like you said man you know if people if they care about you then there'll be there'll be some play there there'll be some negotiation there'll be some respect there with whatever that process looks like you know and that's that's where the gold is that's where the increased intimacy is with people that's where the true connection is it's like you're heard I'm heard okay what else should we do this then there it is but in that moment that's the gold Mm. so you know there's a lot of beauty to be had really through this this kind of recovering from this sort of thing and coming out from behind our scared places you know yeah um and I I've just started doing um Glennon Doyle's um the journal to untamed which is all around people pleasing actually Mm. um and it's interesting when you you're unsure because she, I mean, it's a big question, but, you know, she was talking about how she felt in her marriage and being on, you know, unhappy and how it was all about, you know, presenting, you know, the 
what everyone else thought that the marriage should, should be and presenting the, the happy family and making sure the kids were okay and making sure she didn't break the unit you know mm. I mean this could you could transfer that over to a group of friends or you could transfer that into anything where you feel like you have to stay stuck mm. in order to not break the unit um, and she just said when I thought about what I wanted to teach my daughter was like what do I want to teach her to stay in this marriage you know or to leave to make sure that she finds true happiness and I think that's the kind of the same you can presuppose that over anything really of just like you know what well what if if my if my best mate in this Mm. this friendship group was struggling with with booze what would I want you know her would I want her to come to me and say actually can we not have any alcohol there tonight or can we go for a coffee instead Mm. or would I want her just to suck it up and and Mm. you know just to make sure that I was okay because again it's that that assumption isn't it Mm. of just like how do you know that they need protecting or that they even want to be protected Mm. um so yeah big subject yeah yeah it is it's a juicy topic what's your tip of the day my tip of the day is to go outside to remember to move I think yeah just I did this yesterday um I got on my bike um my broken bike (laughs) that goes and I was like you know what I don't care and I found this lovely like little woodland path and I just cycled it was like I just have to breathe I have to work my muscles a little bit I need to get out I need some fresh air I just need to just sort of change it up and move Mm. so I think and it really did it it did me well it did me so much good that obviously I woke up at four hours to don't move yeah so uh, yeah, but I think that get outside, get a bit of fresh air. Uh, what about you? What's your tip of the day? I don't just yeah, just be kind to yourself. Like mm. we're all just doing the best we can. Yeah, you know? yeah, just yeah. got to let things go, let let the past go. You know, mm. just because it just doesn't serve anyone to get stuck repeating. Mm. I mean, I think we'll do an episode on shame soon, but, you know, I was thinking about this, how much I would replay situations. Like I remember going, because I've been friends with the same people since I was like eight. We went on holiday for the weekend and I started bringing up stuff that happened when we were like 14, 15. And they're like, why the fuck are you talk- thinking about that? Mm. You know. But I was, I was stuck in that mm. when I was like in my drinking, I was stuck in that shame that I was like constantly replaying, constantly on a loop, all the mm. bad things I'd ever, ever, ever done. Mm. You just got to let that shit go. Mm. You do indeed. Mm-mm. And what's your reason to love sober? Um, <sighs> I was going to say, <laughs> just like, basically chatting about myself <laughs> <laughs> um what was it oh, um oh yeah I don't know just but yeah being kinder to myself for sure yeah. yeah I was really horrible to myself 
Yeah. And isn't it, you know, I am a bit of a dick, but it's, it's okay. <laughs> Yeah, no one's perfect so no indeed indeed about you my my reason to love sober is is that even though i haven't slept since four i'm not hung over i haven't got that evil calling oh, yeah. fucking thing going on that so it's all right all it is all it is is that i didn't sleep very well that's all it is things are what they are because i'm sober Mm. nice so if you're immediately concerned about your drinking do just reach out send up a flare get in touch with us hello at lovesober.com get in touch and then let us know if you want us to cover any particular topics and we love to hear from you and yeah just know you're not alone stay safe and we will see you next week for more chat bye